Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? Welcome back. Ooh. You're listening to another episode of the Brother Hut. It's fine and dandy uh, all around. And, let's get uh, fried up. Let's get fried up. That's right. Friar, fried this up. This is the Brother Hut. You're listening to uh, another episode. That brother's name is Brother Brandon Berg. What's up, broski? Hey, y'all. Stay fried up. That brother's name is Vincent Mary Carrasco. That's right. And we're the brother hut, two ordinary conversations with ordinary Capuchin brothers. Um, we just like to converse here on this show. I know it's been a minute. Um, what's what you been up to, man? How are you? Ooh, me, man, you know me, best day ever. Um, I was in Texas a bunch, so life was good. That's cool. Did a week in Amarillo and uh, five days in McAllen. So thank you, Texas. Love you. It's great to see you. Yeah, and you didn't come by the friary. What what was that all about? I was like, well, man, I'm I want to see Brandon Berg, but you just passed, <laughs> kept driving, huh? You I heard you guys bros. had the plague, so I didn't want to stop. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we had yeah. a row row <laughs> outbreak here at the friary, so we decided to yeah. Lay low. Man, it, it it's uh, everywhere. I know. Yeah. yeah, I was sorry I didn't get to see either of you guys uh, in Amarillo in person. We only saw for the the yeah. Zoom, so. Well, I, I I was supposed to go, but I I decided not to because yeah. the row row scared too. Yeah, but, I hear you. But yeah, we I have our you. we have our uh, annual formation gathering in Amarillo, Texas. Shout out every uh, to the city, but we do that every year gathering, um, and some went and some stayed behind. So. That's true. Yeah, it was kind of a a half and half year. Half of the guys were on a coronavirus protocol, and half of the guys were live and in action in Amarillo, Texas. So, That's right. yeah, we have the blessing to gather every uh, year. The first couple of weeks of January, all, all the brothers in formation for uh, some classes about Franciscan history and life and Saint Bonaventure. Yeah, good stuff. So, yeah, it was good, man. But I was bummed though because we were, we had scheduled this worship night in canyon oh that too at saint Anne's uh parish shout out yeah, to you bummer. guys uh, they asked us to come out and i was super pumped man i was excited mm -hmm. i was practicing everything to just have this worship night you know but then we had to last minute we had to just pull the plug mm -hmm. but hopefully we can get it you know again scheduled yeah so but to all of our listeners out there, this is kind of a special, special uh, a show today. We have our special, special guest. Mm -hmm. um, we're here with brother, the legendary brother Jude Emmanuel. What's up, bro? Hello. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you for joining us, man. No, thanks for having me over. I'm excited to be a part of today's episode. That's good, man. Yeah. So are you a listener of the Brother Hut? Are you an ordinary listener? No. Plug it in when I'm driving on the road occasionally, uh, and when I got long <laughs> trips, it's like, oh, let's see what Vinny and uh, Brandon have to say today. So yeah. definitely plug yeah. it when I can. This episode sponsored by Judy Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. Well, we're we're happy to have you on the show, man. Uh, we've been we've actually talked about it for a while to get you on, because mm -hmm. uh, I know you know you you bring a lot of gifts to the community, the brotherhood. Uh, people love you, you know, as I said, you're a legendary friar. And, uh, um, more infamous, but 
<laughs> infamous fryer and our future archivist right mm-hmm. that's good you want to talk a little bit about that so the archives is um it's a pretty neat place that stores all of our histories it's more than just records and papers and documents but a lot of the cool things we have like photos from the old days of some of our famous friars like you know archbishop Chapu. we got some oh, yeah. neat photos of when he was in seminary his yearbooks and just things that we collect about him in his story. So, and also the stories of our friars. The neat thing about my job is I get to see the success and also the failures and how we can move forward with all that in the archives department. So I'm really privileged and glad to be uh, preserving our story and helping oh, yeah. us keep it keep it moving for the for the order. Yeah, right yeah. on, man. Right on. That's cool. So yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about Brother Jude. Let's see, like, where are you from? Where are you originally from? How long have you been in the community? Um, what do you love about the community? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm Brother Jude. I uh, was born originally in the Philippines, uh, immigrated here to the United States back in 2000. I was young, didn't know any English moving to the United States from the Philippines, so watched a lot of TV and watched a lot of, uh, listened to a lot of music. That's how I learned English. So it's funny, somebody mm-hmm. commented, I have like six different accents. Well, it's like, well, whatever I learned English from, that's where I pick, <laughs> started picking things up. Wait, you learned English from listening to music and watching TV? Oh, yeah. Like, no, I uh... didn't have like, school was such a nightmare. I had, mm-hmm. I just was having trouble focusing because I was the oddball out, didn't know anything. So I just really loved watching movies. That's how I learned a lot of things. But you know, sitcoms and TV shows. You got everybody with different accents. So, like, sorry <laughs> is a... Or sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I say those. I'm like, you know, I'm not from that part of the world, but that's just how I learned yeah. to say it. Sure. Uh, and then, you know, um, how I met the Friars was I just had um, finished my high school in the Philippines. I was only 16 at that time. Oh, I was wow. discerning with another community, but, you know, something was missing there. And so I um, left and graduated and moved on back to the States with my uh, family here in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, I did high school in the Philippines just because it was cheaper there. And I think the nuns, my parents were hoping the nuns would straighten me out. So uh, <laughs> it, it worked. Huh? It, did it they? Worked? <laughs> I think so. I, you know, I, 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 <laughs> uh, but um, so when I graduated high school, I was working part time. I was working full time at one of the parishes and just in a living life. Um, but one of the things that stood out the most and the reason why I chose the Capuchins was because I went to confession with the Capuchin. Now, oh, mind wow. you, I did not know too much about the Capuchins or, or knew very little about the Franciscans. Now, I had relatives who were Franciscan friars and nuns, mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't know too much because I was really focused on other communities and I was talking with other communities at that time. Yeah, I was really interested in religious life because uh, the priests that I grew up with and the ones that I had in high school were just tremendous um, examples and models of just true freedom, um, the freedom of mm-hmm. the joy of the gospel. They just lived life to the fullest and I wanted that for myself <laughs> as well. So, you oh. know, that mindset, I was really gung-ho on becoming a priest or religious. Yeah. That's awesome, bro. No, Man. it's it's incredible though to have like those those figures kind of around mm-hmm. when you're you know at such a young age, like to be able to look up to you know that person, especially in priesthood or, or religious life. You know, if, if you have that model, I think that helps tremendously in 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 your in one's vocation. Yeah, it does. and it made a huge impact on me. Just the joy and the presence. And the total freedom that they had really just impacted me, and that really inspired me to pursue religious life. Um, the community nice. I was with, I saw that and wanted that, but I think the the spirit and the Lord had something else. So really, that absence is what led me to the community here. 
Um, the real reason why I judged the Capuchins because I went to confession with the friar. Now, at first, I thought that was the hideous habit, the most hideous habit I've ever seen, and was <laughs> not keen on joining the order what? whatsoever. I was like, no, why am I putting that ugly brown robe on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is hideous. That um, view has changed, though, since then, right? I think we have the we have a coolest habit. We have the coolest habit. It's the easiest <laughs> to put on the mornings. <laughs> the coolest habit of all time goes to Capuchins, I think. But, you know, the Lord, I was very vain at that time, still am a little bit, but um, the the Lord really worked through that because I went to confession with this one friar and had a really profound experience of God's love, mercy, like a, a true encounter with Jesus that really changed everything for me Yeah. in mm -hmm. that simple encounter. And that point on, I was just more intrigued about the community and started inquiring about the Capuchins and an inquiry form and the doors just kept opening more and more as I knocked. So that's what mm -hmm. I decided. That's when I decided to enter the community. Didn't know anything about Francis. Didn't know too much about the history. All mm -hmm. I knew was this Francis was the friar with the bir with the birds in every garden. But that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Wow. So it's it's fascinating because Jude uh, is one of our uh, brothers in the community uh, who has a fascination around the saints. Right. And you're known as this friar who collects relics. Um, you have a devotion to various saints. Um, I remember whenever I first met Jude. So this is my first uh, encounter of Jude. He was this really skinny guy, really short, you know, had this really high pitched voice, you know, uh, all really annoying, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming out. <laughs> no, but he's 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 better now. No, it's just fine. But um, yeah. And then and then I remember uh, you showing me like all these relics that you had just accumulated through the years, like in envelopes. And you pull out this little like this huge uh, shoe box, and you had like six of them, and they were full of envelopes you know with with relics and they had all the documents and things and since then you've been uh kind of organizing and putting them like in reliquaries and stuff um and so i i love it man I, i'm you know it's it's cool to see like you collecting a lot of these relics um for you know devotion that we have so i was just wondering how long have you been uh collecting uh, relics and when did that sort of like fascination begin for you so that started a little bit um, when I was in high school a few friends of mine gave me relics of saints like second third class relics and little envelopes holy cards um, those were given to me as gifts and also to try to encourage me to you know consider entering their order um, mm -hmm. Like I had a relic of St. Uh, Gerard Magella, St. Alphonsus Liguori, mm -hmm. and a few other smaller congregations. Blessed James Alberioni from the Pauline priests and brothers and sisters. So I had relics of those, and they were given to me just to try to encourage me to consider um, priest and religious life okay. in their congregation. And then when I entered the postulancy, I really wanted a relic of St. Francis. And so... Uh, I was at a convent of sisters, and they gave us a box full of old religious articles, what? like crucifixes, relics. Um, this was in postulancy. Mm -hmm, this was in postulancy. Oh, wow. And I, you know, it's either I had the audacity, or I had the nerve, or just the inspiration. I don't know which one half the time, but um, <laughs> I asked them about if they had any relics of Saint Francis yeah. because I really Ooh. wanted to have one going into the novitiate. 
And the sister said, oh, you know, um, come down to the basement and um, I'll take show a look. You. <laughs> I'll show you what we got. Yeah. There were these huge cabinets oh, of man. relics that were just sitting there. Mm. And they said, you know, you can take whatever you'd like because we can't keep them anymore. Yeah. I was just jaw dropped. Like, what? are you serious? You're going to give any of these relics? It's and the jackpot. Right. Jackpot. Right? Seriously. Like, there were so many ones that I knew, like John Bosco, Francis, Claire, Anthony, Philomena. Wow. So, like, various saints of all kind, Bernadette. Mm. And then when we, um, as we were going through it, the sisters were talking to me about, um, you know, why I was so interested in relics. And I think this leads to the second question you had. You know, uh, growing up, uh, my family had a huge devotion to saints. Um, the big one for me was St. Jude. That's how I got my name because I was mm. not doing too well when my mom was pregnant with me. And so she did nine consecutive Thursdays, Novena to St. Jude. Mm. And at the end of the nine Thursday, it happened to be the doctor's appointment. And so everything turned out well. And then whenever my family was going through difficulty or um, illness, we would all pray to St. Lazarus. And uh, we would all go to various shrines of saints, St. Peregrine. Mm -hmm. So devotion to saints growing was something growing up. But growing up, I mostly knew statues. Mm. When I entered the, um, right before I entered the order, uh, relics started showing up. And I had no idea and thought, you know, this was the most weirdest practice we had in the church, having little pieces of body parts and hairs of saints it's like what oh, yeah, yeah yeah what is this all about uh -huh. why am i getting stuck yeah, yeah. with all these and um and i think it's the reason why is the saints um, because of my devotion to the saints i always had little holy cards and yeah. statues of saints that i love and would pray and light candles to still do up to today yeah but um little by little um relics started showing up and when i talked to a priest friend about it he he looked at me and said, you know, once a relic shows up, or even if you touch a relic, your life will be changed in a mm. way that will uh, you'll never experience or mm. can really explain. Mm -hmm. You know, honestly, that's how I can really explain it. It's just I touched a relic of a saint and asked for intercession and prayers, and then more and more started showing up. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's cool. I can't, you know, that's one of those things I really can't explain how it just got started. I think my love for the saints just took off literally and fleshed itself sure <laughs> you can get that oh, one yeah. but like literally i had my love and devotion to the saints was just really growing that and growing up to be quite honest because when i immigrated here from the philippines to the united states i really didn't have too many friends um and was a pretty shy kid but uh, and so i relied on what i knew yeah so what i knew was praying to saints praying devotions and asking for their intercession and uh, for their help I think that was like the mother of the leading to what I do now with the relics. Oh, sure. Kind of that influencing your vocation in mm -hmm. your life. Yeah. Their help and their sessions. I mean, like, honestly, without their help and their session and just the touch that they had given me, I don't think I would be here today. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, the saints are real, man. The saints are real and they're in the power of their prayer can impact us. I remember one of the first relics you gave me, I think when I was, in first philosophy maybe or second philosophy mm -hmm. uh you gave me uh saint gemma jelani mm -hmm. and that's actually up there you see it mm -hmm. gemma and uh, gemma mm -hmm. gemma and yeah and uh maria garetti as well oh maria get mm -hmm. that's the one you gave me maria garetti maria garetti yeah and so she's up there yeah, uh 
So as things started getting bigger and bigger, because a few years later, you know, I um, I still had a lot of relics, and I still kept trying to give them away to parishes, you know, because I already had the ones that I yeah, had yeah. devotion to, but yeah. I had so many others. I'm like, I have no idea what to do. So the Lord put in the Lord and the saints put people in my life that were looking for relics of saints, parishes, and religious orders that really needed them. So I was like, oh, here, um, mm -hmm. the, I think the saints want to go with you. So it's grown to not just within their community, but it's also reached out to different communities, parishes, and orders yeah. that really need the help of the saints. Um, yeah. But, you know, several of our friars have gotten relics of saints that, you know, they were hoping to get years and years and finally. Finally got them. Finally got them. That's cool. Bro, how cool would it be to have this sanctuary or like a place? Because there's like, you have hundreds, right? Mm -hmm. How cool would it be to have like a place, a sanctuary, you know, where you can walk in, you know, and Jesus is exposed at the beginning and mm -hmm. then just lined. There's just relics mm -hmm. of these saints kind of wrapped in the walls like that would be amazing right that would be amazing one of the things i you know if we had a if we had a lot of money as franciscans you know i'll just keep <laughs> dreaming maybe the lord and the saints will answer this prayer yeah. but <laughs> my dream would be honestly would like be cool. to have a sanctuary um literally a sanctuary a circular sanctuary that has um that has wall uh, these walls around the sanctuary and in it on the walls um, are the relics of yeah. the various saints, and in the oh, center, yeah. smack straight in the center, would be the Blessed Sacrament mm -hmm. and any relics pertaining mm -hmm. to our Lord. I think it embodies well the image of you know the communion of saints all worshiping together, the one, oh, yeah. the one mm -hmm. true Lord, right in the center with the saints surrounded. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also supposed to be because the liturgy is a prefigurement of what we're supposed to be doing in the next life. All all of us worshiping the one Lord together. Amen. So you have the communion of saints and then the church uh, triumphant, the church militant all together, literally bringing it. So honestly, I hope and pray that that would be cool. One day. That would be cool, man. Yeah, that and and then like open it up to the public where you, people can come in and just pray. You know, you just lock up the the relics. That would be that would be sweet. It would be nice to see so, that one day. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, we have a, a lot of, uh, though we have a lot of relics and I give a lot, we still have quite a number that I save specifically because I have a hope and vision that one day mm. we'll have a place and a center of evangelization where not only is confession being heard, but if there's a particular saint that in a particular need you have, oh, just go over to section A, B, or C. Oh, and the saints are right there. Yeah, that's right. good. You can walk over to right. <laughs> Section. I think it'd be cool to have them all like in chronological order from like all the way back to the apostles, you know, the church fathers, oh, medieval like a, saints, like time period. You know, yeah. yeah. Get your enlightenment mm, saints, cool. That's a good you idea. know, get your 1800s, get your modern saints. Yeah. Cause I, I think it'd be easier to find. I mean, we find out that. real quick what generation <laughs> didn't, didn't act right. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> probably ours. See, nobody for 400 years here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's you going know? on? Right. <laughs> I think that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Like lots of different statues and little cards about them and stuff. Yeah. Be... Dang. That's cool. My dream, honestly. So there's a shrine in Pittsburgh called St. Anthony Shrine. They have over a thousand relics. Mm. And if oh, wow. the wildest dream everywhere happens, like, I don't know, if they got 1,000 relics, I want 1,001. So. I <laughs> <laughs> just one up. Ah, that's right. We one up, dude. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. just one. Just one. Just uh, one up. <laughs> yeah. So cool. I imagine like just doing a lot of uh, like research, you know, what you do now in the archives, you talked a little bit about at the beginning. 
uh, doing some of that research, you, I bet you probably, well, you, I saw you posted it the other day, you just finding out, you know, you have this opportunity to find new saints, you know, people that like probably nobody has ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Right. And you just, to be able to go into their life and do some research and who that person was, you know, that's gotta be, you know, just rewarding. Right. It's a really rewarding and profound experience just to, um, just to read about the various saints that come up into our um, it come into our reliquary. So, like for example, the other week we had Saint Albini, which was an abbot, and then Saint mm. um, a little bit of uh, Saint Morris as well. Saint Morris, mm. the next Benedictine, the great Benedictine abbot. Yeah, and then you had some of the common ones, but even in like touching base and just rereading the lives of like the lives of like let's say Therese of the infant child, Teresa yeah, yeah. of Jesus. It's like wow, you know. The very fact I'm, they're physically here, I'm reading and studying about their lives. It's just it's almost like they're beginning to tell me their story. Yeah, yeah. As I'm um, studying it, looking at each of the relic, and also mm-hmm. reading their lives, mm-hmm. making a so many, making a new friend. Making a new friend. That's right. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> um, it is cool. The saints are our friends, and they don't definitely want to be a part of our lives. And so, mm-hmm. just getting to have that physical presence, studying them. When you know this is, and this is which makes my um, moments like you know giving the relic away a lot more profound. Sure. Because it's like you know the powerful impact of their story, their struggle in their lives, and just being able to find the right person or the right person with the right story, whether they they realize it or not, this is like the perfect saint for them. Yeah. As you pray and discern, like all right, you know, you ask for a relic of Saint Therese, you know, what what about it? You know, mm-hmm. like normally if people ask for a relic, I have to, I normally just for protection, ask them why. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to make sure they're doing the right things with it. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, all That's these true. relics that come our way, they're all from former and deceased religious or closed convents. Yeah. So a lot of them have unique stories that are just like, whoa, you know, this sister was named Sister Placidus. So she had a relic of St. Placidus the Martyr. Dang. Yeah, that is cool. So if you're listening this far and you still don't have any idea of what a relic is, um, I just thought of this question right now. If you want to explain maybe the first class relic, second class, third class yeah, for of some of our... So in the practice of the church, you know, we have a practice called the uh, Holy Relics. And this is a practice that dates back to even the times of the early Jews. If you look in the Old Testament, the soldiers who were dying touched the bones of the prophet Elisha. And they were brought back to life through the prayers and intercession of the prophet Elisha. And in the New Testament, you have um, the blo- um, the woman with the hemorrhages, you know, touched yeah. the cloak of Jesus. Right. And, and, she's uh, just, and she was healed. Oh, so we have examples. Mm-hmm. And Second then, class relic, first class relic. Re- and then that is cool. Had, I didn't think of that. That's and tight. then you also, had, um, you also had the people in the... New Testament, who were seeking healing, chasing after Peter and Paul's shadows, handkerchiefs, anything that belonged to the apostles, like they weren't crazy at it. So this is yeah. a custom that is actually even predating to Christianity. It's a Jewish custom as well. Yeah. So this is one of those mm-hmm. things that passed over from the from one part of our faith to the other to remind us that our heritage is the Jewish tradition. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so, so this custom is biblical. So the church, after, you know, things settled down and finally we were discussing, you know, the practice of relics, divided uh, relics into three classes. Uh So we have first class relics, which is anything that pertains to like on the person, right? Mm -hmm. Like hair, bones, hair, bone, eyeballs, anything from their body is. Do we have eyeballs? 
No, I, I well, I know like there's a. I same. mean, we have eyeballs, but yeah. do, do we have it? <laughs> I got a whole tooth of like a saint, yeah. like a femur, but that's yeah. no eyeballs yet. Um, I've seen the uh, I've seen the heart of Saint John Vianney. No, uh, that's pretty yeah. cool. He goes on. He goes on tour. Oh yeah, he goes on tour. And, yeah. uh, well, same, uh, same, same with Padre Pio, our boy, right? Like he goes on tour a lot too. Yeah, usually He's like yeah, star. things that are like stained with his blood and stuff. But uh, right. don't they still have Saint Anthony's tongue? Yeah, they still or is have that... Saint Anthony's tongue. Yeah, he goes he was tour. such a brilliant preacher. Like his tongue did not corrupt. So, you know, there's some That's, there are some saints yeah. that you know supersede uh, that are it's a supernatural ex- occurrence of you know their mm-hmm. bodies just don't decay for hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds of years. So what's mm-hmm. the there's a feast day? I think it just passed in in uh, Italy where. Uh, I oh, think it's Gennaro? no, I I think it's a saint. Yeah, with the the it liquefies, yep. or is that is that the the Eucharist that liquefies, no, or it's, it's the blood of a saint, right? It's the blood of a saint. It's the blood of Saint Gennaro. Gennaro, so yeah. Whenever uh, every, every year, few, every few every few times during the year, they'll pull it out and then they'll expose it to see if there's um if the blood liquefies or it's still solidified. So if yeah. it's solidified, that means not good news for all at all times of pestilence and uh, plagues and whatnot and if there is um congratulate uh, if the blood liquefies it's a sign of um it's a sign that it's going to be a good year <laughs> now you know uh, one of the things that the church really wanted to highlight after the council is we need to remove any sort of uh, superstition around the oh relics. yeah for sure so, i mean for like sure. this is a mild example of it but like really the relics are a means of support uh to deepen our devotion to the sacraments particularly the eucharist and penance and for the saints to accompany us in our faith journey i think mm-hmm, yeah. a lot of times you know in the old days we used to um there were some really weird practices around relics. Like, oh my gosh, the Italians used to fight over relics like nobody's business. I still think they still fight over relics like nobody's business. Poor, um, poor Thomas Aquinas. They couldn't decide where to bury him, so they split his body everywhere. Mother Cabrini, God knows where she is, mm. but oh man, that's crazy. Okay, so second class, re- first uh-huh. class relic is physically physical body. Mm-hmm. Second class second. relic is anything that they own. So like their clothes, like your clothes, their clothes, okay. your book, your glasses, glasses, pens that you own. So anything that um, you own would be a second toothbrush, toothbrush, and um, yeah, t-shirts, um, photo, um, photo, uh, prayer books, etc. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And then a. Um, Third class relic would be anything that, that touched them, right, or something mm-hmm, that touched to a second or a first class relic. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, oh, cool. So, like for example, um, for example, I was just talking to I was talking to a few people about this. Um, Shia LaBeouf, he asked for a relic of Padre Pio. So yeah, yeah. The uh, the superior over there, he got a um, uh, got a rosary and um, he pretty much just opened the casket and laid it, the relic on uh, the mm-hmm. rosary. On the body of Padre Pio and prayed over the rosary and gave it to Shia LaBeouf as a, um, Second, as a relic, as third, a class. third class relic. Wow. So yeah, that cool. would be an example of, you know, how third class relics um, came about. That was because not everybody had access to first class relics. But, you know, and third class relics are not any less, you know, any less than first or second. But for sure, yeah. it was just a way for people to still connect with the saint without, mm-hmm. you know, having to do too much damage to the body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really fascinating, man. 
Yeah. So I what's got the, go ahead. I, I want to, so what's the, what's the proper way? Like, I know we use the term like collecting relics, but I don't think that's the proper terminology. And then also like, are they supposed to be displayed in a public place or you keep them for, for private prayer or what's the, what's you know, the best practice on um, relics? Um, like I always like to tell people, if you have a relic of a saint you have a devotion to, just put it in a nice place like an altar, um, a prominent place of prayer, like an altar. Mm. That would be the perfect place. Yeah. Like all the relics that I keep, they used to be in envelopes because I didn't have too much space. Mm. Now you you put them in nice mm-hmm. places, right? I put them in nice places. Mm. Well, that and I, because I like to separate them because uh, whenever we have feast days coming up, I always like to make sure that they're easily accessible. So if they uh, were in that box in the envelope, in the alphabetical order, I could just pull mm-hmm. it out and put it in reliquaries. But nowadays, I have a, um, I have a a big shelf that all the relics are able to fit into, and they're a- they're out there in the sacristy. And whenever we need for veneration, we just pull it out. But first, second, or third class relics, the best place to put it would be like in places of prayer. Mm-hmm. So like if you yeah. have a relic in a little pix put it on an altar um and then if you have relics in little holy cards you can put it on altar as well or put it in your prayer books wherever you could use it for prayer as a reminder mm. and like the best practice i always like to say for round relics is to just sit, make a simple bow and acknowledge and say a uh, say a short prayer before the saint asking for their intercession mm-hmm. in the place of prayer what was the yeah. other question well that, that was pretty much it yeah. yeah so i think that's another that's the one final thing like so uh, we don't necessarily pray to the saint, but we ask them to pray for us, like in our prayers. So we do pray to them, but not, not that they'll answer us, but that they'll go to God and help us in our needs. Right? Is that how you look at it? That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's an important distinction, because like I think we often get accused of idolatry, but the saints, you mm. know, the saints are very much alive, Amen, and in our presence, and this relics as a reminder of. These saints are closer to God, so asking for their help and intercession is going to be a big plus, to that's be true. quite honest. Yeah, yeah, and that's always my argument. Like, look, if I'm trying to get to heaven and I'm trying to, you know, seek union with God, you know, mm-hmm. or just build a relations with God, like, I need all the help I can get. So, like, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, it's it's like if I ask, this is my, you know, argument all the time that, you know, when people ask me, I always say, you know, it's like if I'm asking you know, Bob or Joe Smo or whatever, or even you to, to pray for me, you know, it's kind of similar. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get some help. So pray for me, pray for us, you know? So awesome. kind of like that mailman, you know, like that really, you just deliver the package, you know, but, uh, like in the form of a prayer, like, all right, this person, you know, this person's going to pray for me. This saint's going to pray for me. Um, in a way that maybe I'm not even capable of doing myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really, it's really, and that was, that was going to be my last question. Just how can uh, a person deepen their faith, you know, through devotion to the saints. And you kind of went into, you know, just you know, setting up an altar, bowing, you know, saying a prayer. If those relics are available, if you have them, you know, put them out, you know, making mm-hmm. sure that they're sort of there in your home. Right. On top of that, too, like, you know, the saints, uh, the spirit uh, can use the lives and the testimony and the witness of the saints to really teach us how to pray, too. I mean, that's why yeah. there's particulars like patrons. These are, these situations arise to help us to learn how to pray and how to communicate with God 
in situations of cancer, in situations of uh, illness, uh, even yeah. in good situations or whatever position that you had. The saints teach us, uh, the yeah. Spirit through the lives of the saints will teach us how to pray and how to deepen our relationship with the Lord in the way that they witnessed it to. Yeah. So, you know, when you get a relic of a saint, just like what I'm up to, don't just leave it there and pretend and ask, you know, it's like, oh, well, I know the garden over me. No. Um, one thing you want to do is study the life of the saints, communicate, chit-chat with them, ask them, all right, teach me, uh, Lord, teach me how to pray with uh, the saint over here. And the saint will be sort of like a spiritual director. All right, let's chit-chat about prayer a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's that's cool. That's a cool image. It's wow. kind of like having uh, having like 10,000 big brothers and sisters. And like, mm -hmm. which one do you want to ask for help to like grow closer to daddy? You know, it's like. We're all trying to get closer to God the Father through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So let's pick somebody to help me, and then I know it. You know, might as well Wrong pick one it. of the might as well pick one of the masters. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> you don't want my help. Like Saint Anthony <laughs> could help you. You know, like, <laughs> uh, that's one saint that has always come through for me, bro. Like Saint Anthony. Like oh. I lose my stuff all the time. <laughs> you know, like I lose, like I lose everything. Right. And. uh you know, all the time I'm like, Saint Anthony, help me like find whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And they come. It's it's cool. It's amazing. Yeah. How it but you haven't lost your faith, so he's keeping nah, you in there. That's yeah. right. Yeah, he's Amen. definitely, you know, so like me in on that. Another example too of um, just how powerful the saints are. Like for example, you had mentioned Anthony. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that Anthony was also not just the patron saint of uh, lost things. But he's also a wonderful, brilliant preacher who really touched the lo uh, the lives oh, and the hearts of um, of thousands of people. And just thinking about it, well, if Anthony's constantly popping up in your life, you got the brother hut, and you got um, you got um, yeah, you got your uh, preaching ministry gigs and seraphic praise. I'm like, well, let's take a step back here, and it's like maybe Anthony's. Um, using the lost objects to try to bring you to something much bigger than just lost objects, but mm -hmm. a wonderful and also an inspiring preacher, just like you know the Lord inspired him to be one. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Like especially like finding the vocation, finding the ministry that like you really enjoy doing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like that too. So in your research, what's what's the most like the strangest patronage that you've come across? Like, like. We have weird ones, right? Like, like a there's a patron saint of, like, I don't know. There's the patron saint. Like, of, I can't remember which one it was, but this patron saint of beer makers. Oh, yeah. It's uh -huh. St. Anthony, right? I mean, St. Mm -hmm. uh, Arnold, right? St. Arnold. Ah, uh, mm -hmm. let's see. You know, it's just interesting because, like, I don't really, really have not considered any situation weird because I was like to say there's a saint for every situation, every yeah. occasion. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, if better. it's human, it's not that weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not that weird because, like, you know, Teresa of, Av Teresa of Jesus of Avila, she is the patron saint of migraine sufferers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, she's definitely somebody I talk to and complain to. Teresa of Avila, I relate to her in this one. She loves <laughs> to complain. So, yeah. <laughs> so just like whenever I yeah. get my migraines, it's like, all yeah. right, I have somebody to complain <laughs> with. Yeah. When uh, when we when we moved to that first house in San Antonio, uh, we were having this uh, like plumbing problem and we had to dig in the ground and try and get this pipe out. And I looked up uh, on Google the patron saint of plumbing, and it was Vincent Ferrer. So we prayed Saint. Oh, nice. And he helped us uh, this plumbing problem. So. And we just whatever it is, if it's human, just, I don't know, his feast yeah. day was like what three days ago, the twenty second, right? 
Uh, that was uh, Vincent DePaul. Mm-hmm. I think that was Vincent DePaul. No, this is, Vincent uh, DePaul's like 20 September. Yeah, September. I think it's Vincent Ferrer. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It is, yeah, yeah. Did we just week. have him? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think anyway, we did. I, I guess don't know. I He's the patron of plumbers. That's cool. I guess I missed him, yeah. So one one final question that I have. It's kind of a scenario. And then I, I well, it's for you too, Brandon. So, all right, you're stranded on an island. I've been thinking about this. You're stranded on an island. You have all everything you need. Like you got your clothes, you know, whatever. You have your food, all that stuff. Uh, Jesus is there too. Um, if you if you want him to be, he's there. So picture this island. You have one saint that that's like you know you want to be with you. Who is it? That would be have to be Padre Pio for sure. Oh, snap. Because right, Padre Pio and I. It's just a weird relationship because I, he was not. It's like friends. Yeah. You never chase or go after friends. They just show up randomly. Yeah. And so for the uh, Padre Pio was just a friend, a good friend of mine that just showed up randomly during yeah. my confirmation period. And um, I always accredit his intercession, his prayer, and his help even up to today for keeping me going. To be quite yeah. honest, so. He's just become a friend that I'm slowly becoming more and more yeah. acquainted with, and it just keeps popping up in my life. So it's like, all right, Padre Pio, if it, yeah. if it was going to be any situation of I had to be, pick a special friend to go with me, I already have the name Jude, so I might as well just bring you with me. That's right. Yeah, Padre Pio is a special one. I, I think that relationship comes because we're Capuchins, you know? Mm. Man, Padre Pio, you know, somebody made the comment Padre Pio seems to just attract all the weirdos. And I go, well, and that's true in my situation. In my <laughs> and life. that's why I'm there. That's, right. <laughs> that's why I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What about you, Vinny? So mine is definitely, well, he's not a saint yet, but uh, Pierre Giorgio Frassati. Uh, I feel like with him, we would just be like, everything's an adventure. You know, let's go hike up this tree. <laughs> like, let's go climb these rocks. You know, like, let's pray the rosary. Like, you know what I mean? He just seems like that kind of guy that would just make mm. the most out of the situation. So I like that. Wow. What about you? Well, I probably have a better answer if I thought about it more, but uh, this there's a, a female Capuchin Blessed who's been on my mind a lot lately. Is this uh, Margaret Mary Martiningo? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just a little write-up about her on the CapDocs website and uh, a couple things that are touching. It's like uh, when she made her first communion, like she was real nervous. And so like the host dropped like on the side where she was and it was back in the day where you couldn't touch it. So she had to pick up Jesus off the floor with her tongue. So I'm just like, whoa, that's like intense love for Jesus. And then there's this beautiful, uh, she was kind of this mystical uh, prayer warrior. So she used to just go to the chapel and talk to Jesus, like just from her heart and tell him that she loved him. And then like he showed, he showed up and like, uh, it was was kind of a, a medieval trope. Like it happened to other saints too, where Jesus would show up and like take his heart and give it to her, like put it in her heart. And then like, she had all this like divine love and charity that burned within her for the sisters in her community. So for me, it's just a reminder of like how simple prayer is like, just talk to Jesus, tell him that you love him and listen. And then uh, like how like deeply mystical that is, even though it seems like so mundane. Wow. Bro, so yeah, hopefully crazy. she's fun to hang out with because uh, Desert Island. So I don't know, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. she could teach me about prayer and be a simple guide in holiness. And yeah, yeah, that's good. 
That's good. I want to change my answer now. (laughs) (laughs) Is this your final answer? I don't know. Is this your final answer? No. (laughs) Well, all right, guys. We're going to wrap it up. But thanks a lot, Jude, for coming, man. Oh, thanks Uh, for having me over. Yeah, it's been a pleasure uh, to talk to Saints, talk with lives. I know this weekend we have our discernment retreat coming up. And so uh, that's why we have. uh, brother jude in the house we also have father joseph mary a couple others are here um but just uh for those listening keep us in your prayers pray for those discerning our way of life and uh through the intercession of all the saints may we come to uh, know jesus christ uh, in a deeper and fuller way so amen well said brother thank you yeah amen amen all right do y'all have any shout outs i'm shout outless I'm shout out list too. No. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank y'all so much for joining us. We're tuning out. This is the Brotherhood. God bless. God bless. Peace and all good.